creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. Hello, creative people, and welcome to I Am Creative. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. So what are we doing here? We are really diving into this word creativity and what it means. In all of the conversations that I have had, nobody has ever defined creativity as drawing or painting. People have defined creativity as your soul's essence, that magic spark, how you show up in the world. What my true mission is, is to really expand this definition and allow people to be able to see themselves in it. Because when people see themselves in this definition, when they've never been told that they fit inside of it, they stand up straighter. They feel like they have something to offer the world and basically are happier humans. So these conversations are structured on three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think that it's important? So let's just dive right in. So my inspiring guest for today is Shannon Hernandez. She is all about that joy in life and biz. She is specifically known around the globe for the content personality wheel and is the founder of Joyful Business Revolution which is a marketing strategy and consultancy company that works with coaches, consultants, and service-based owners. She's been called the queen of organic marketing, growing nearly $1 million year brand with zero ad spend and high profitability. Oh my gosh, Shannon. It's been fun. (laughs) I cannot wait to have this conversation. Oh my gosh, welcome to the space. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. So before we dive into the official official questions, I would love to get a fun fact from you about yourself. Fun fact is I'm currently training for the CBS show Survivor. I don't know if they're going to call me back, but damn, my body's getting in good shape. (laughs) So first of all, high five to you. That is incredible. So tell everybody a little bit. So you've always loved this show, right? Obviously, this is why you're doing this. I have. Yeah. So I find this show so fascinating on so many levels. Um, One, it's been on air for 20 years, 20 plus years. That right there is just like, there's still a demand for it, right? So my messaging and marketing and psychology of messaging and marketing brain loves to like think like, how does a show continue on with the same premise? They're in season 46 or 47, right? Because uh, they record two a year and they have the demand year after year after year. So that part is fascinating to me because in my own business, I hope that's the case, right? Year after yeah. year, the demand grows. Um, but what I'm most interested about with this show is the dynamics of team Mm. and how, you know, they call it now they didn't then, but they're messaging around it. Now, if you watch earlier, um, the most recent episodes or seasons is, um, the greatest social experiment of all time. We take all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds and plop them together and see how they work together to achieve goals. And to me, that is fascinating. That is the part that fascinates me as someone who also has interest in um, conscious leadership and leading with integrity and those kinds of things. So when I did my pitch to them, um, I said very clearly, I'm most interested one as a non, someone that identifies as non-binary how taking my gender out of it would affect my alliances and two, how or not, how can I be a hundred percent truthful and not blindside people and still get to the end? Because there's a lot of blindsiding that has to go on. So part of my strategy is how do I just be me as I always am and just be like, no, that, that sucks. Like, we're not doing that. We're going to do something. How far could I get just by like being truthful? Right. Yeah. Um, That's like the whole kind of story about my motivation for, for going to survivor. Mm. How far can I get with being truthful? Yep. 
which is all that you're about. I mean, that's this is like some words, and I can't wait to dive into this, is, I mean, it's really authenticity. That's really what you're about. Yep. It, it's, okay, everybody. Okay, so let's start here. <laughs> Before we go, thank you so much for sharing that. So, 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 so inspiring on so many levels. Um, so let's get to the first official, official question, which is, Shannon, how do you define creativity? Hmm. Can I tell you how it shifted over the last three years? Yes, please. Okay. Because I've had a, a big creative journey. Um, so I used to define creativity as only art. And I didn't see myself as artistic, so I didn't see myself as creative. And this went on for 42 years. <laughs> um, big, big chunk yeah. so yeah <laughs> so I'm 46 now y'all so four years later I define creativity as anything that feeds your soul and my kitchen is a creative lab my gosh I have I've been commissioned for my first two art pieces which I still can't believe like this just happened when I was in south of France it was crazy um I drew all the illustrations, coloring book pages for my book called Practical Joy. But it took me, I actually hired a creativity coach because I had so many blocks around this like five years ago. And once we dug in, I realized there were two things that had kept me stuck. I hope I can Am I allowed to tell the story? Please. My gosh. Um, this is all conversation. We're sitting around the table having a conversation. Yeah. So when I was in, when I was 10, um, I was sitting in the art classroom and I had a male art teacher and I had on white pants and I got my period. Oh. And no one had even talked to me yet in my home. I mean, it was so young back then for somebody to get a period at the age 10 and my birthday's in April. So it had to have happened like somewhere between April and June before I came out of that year. So I was an early 10, right? I was an early 10. And I just remember sitting there and I, the whole class and I was like, I did one, I, I cried because I was scared. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but I was so embarrassed of how was I going to get up and get to my next class? Yeah. So I waited for everyone to leave. I was also embarrassed. It was a male teacher because I wasn't prepared to even know what was going on. Um, waited for everyone to leave. And I said, I have a problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's blood all over this chair and my pants are white. And he handled it so well. He went and got my teacher, my classroom teacher. And she came down and I don't remember anything of what happened then, but I remember he got help to help me deal with whatever was going on. And nobody knew, had to know what had happened, right? So years later, I'm like, I put the pieces together. Why do I have this thing about art? And I think that was it. That was it. Like, had that happened in the math classroom, maybe it would have been math, right? right. <laughs> I don't know. But that was like my block to I'm not doing art. I cannot do art. And it took a lot of coaching and therapy to like really uncover that. So that happened five years ago. I was 41. Then I had a hysterectomy. Um when I was 42 or 43 and little did I know, cause once again, hindsight's 2020, as soon as all of that stuff was out of me, like I had battled fibroids, I had battled periods that were 20 and 22 days long of heavy bleeding for years and years. I had battled cysts on my ovaries. And finally I was just like, you know what? I'm not having kids. I'm not doing this shit anymore. And so I went, I got a hysterectomy and it wasn't until I was healed from that hysterectomy, like, you know, the cut and all that stuff, the healing that my entire creativity blew open. Whoa. And that was three years ago. And that is why in three years I have 
created the amount of things, not just in my art studio, but with the coaching to uncover the block and the therapy to get through whatever that was. And then the hysterectomy and all that stuff coming out of my creative center where things are born, my creativity has skyrocketed. And these are the two pivotal moments, I think, that have helped redefine that for me. Taking a breath, everybody. Um, thank you so much for sharing that personal story. Um, it's so, so, so powerful. And thank you for, I don't know if the word bravery is right, but it's for really looking into it, for really diving in and getting to the core issue. We often spend life just grazing the surface and being like, oh yeah, I'm just not good at it. Yeah, I mean, thank you for saying the whole thing about how you used to find art. That's why this podcast exists. Like, that's why after all I've done for, you know, teaching art for 30 years and having my company, I am creative, all of this, that it, it is about expanding this definition so people can see themselves in it. So here, the beauty of everything you're saying of going back and finding that moment, having the courage to find that moment, because it so often is about these things, these seeds that happen, these events, these experiences, these words that are said, these experiences that we have, then we attach to that. We attach a meaning to it. Yeah. And you know, Hollis, I, I hear what you're saying about going back to the moment. I think that's one part of courage and it takes a lot of courage and to do the healing work takes courage. For me, the courage is still, I mean, even this week I had a, so, you know, artist dates where you go and get inspired by, yeah. there was something I really wanted to go to Sunday in New York city. And it was this floral slash fashion art creation thing happening at Hudson Yards. And I woke up on Sunday and I said to myself, are you going to keep distracting yourself from creating art by continuing to just go look at art? Mm. Like maybe this is the weekend you actually create something. So, mm. so the courage for me is the courage to still the, the, the discipline for me, the practice and creativity for me is the courage to not get sidetracked by all the beautiful art and lovely things I could go do. But if I'm an artist and I want to claim that for myself, I have to create the art. Right. And I think there's a healthy balance of two. I think you need both, but I was too much on yeah. looking at all the art and not enough on creating the art. So I said to my spouse, I think I'm gonna, I had a stern conversation with myself and today I'm going to create art. I'm not going to consume art. I need to sit down and create. And I did. And I made a beautiful um, piece that I'm super excited about. <laughs> so I'm going to want to hear about the piece that you created and what mediums you use, but I just want to also acknowledge, thank you for that um, distinction between the, uh, the taking in art and the actual creating art. I think it is an important distinction because yes, we need it to fill ourselves up, to get inspired, to see what's around us To, but it's definitely true. It, there yeah. is a distraction where it's like, well, I got to look at more. I got to do my research. I have to be inspired. I have to, instead of just doing. Yeah. And I think the other side of that, so consuming art versus creating art, if it's not that trap I'm in. The other trap is, oh, I don't have the right supplies, right? which is just right. bullshit. Like whatever right. supplies I have is good enough. Like I need to use all the supplies I have before I ever buy anything else. Like I, are you willing, are we willing to call bullshit on ourselves? That's like at the end of the day. <laughs> mm, are we willing to call bullshit? Yeah. So let, let's go back to, uh, so what medium, what did you create? So I'm taking a patterns course. I wish I had it down here, but it's upstairs. Um, I'm taking a patterns course. I can get you a picture. You can attach it to the show notes. Perhaps. Okay, perfect. Um, and the course is all about uh, a two-page spread. On one page is some sort of pattern, but it bleeds over onto the other page. So one page is full color. The other page is white. 
And the reason I actually went back to this this weekend is I have been in a slump with color and, you know, all the things like, oh, I don't know what to make. I don't have any idea. Like, this is my, this is my mojo. What colors? I don't have the right color. I'm like, for fuck's sake. So I got out my color wheel, which is a beautiful tool that has sat too long on the back of my shelf. And I said, okay, I want to work with three colors. Spun the little dial, <laughs> let it land on the three colors. Um, I'm going to do simple patterns of shapes and leaves because they're easy. Uh, circles and leaves. I love circles and leaves. Like you can do a lot with circles and leaves and I don't have to put a lot of thought behind it. But what I am most proud about of this piece is <clears throat> I looked at the color wheel. I had great colors to work with that I didn't have to think about, but I had to try and create the color because I have paints, but not the exact color. So that didn't take me long because I understand color now. Like I've taken some lessons on it, but the piece that I created is absolutely beautiful. And it's a, a blue purple, a kind of dark red, orange, more orange, red. And then, um, like a maroon mm. and some lime green thrown in Ooh. there. Yeah, so I ended up with four colors and it was so fun and it was just relaxing, but I proved to myself once again, like this, this to me is all about coming back to my practice. It was not a day to go consume and it was not a day to say I didn't have what I needed. It was a day to create and whatever showed up, showed up. It doesn't need to be a masterpiece, right? Like, it's a process. And the word I'm hearing in my head is exploration. You're willing to explore. You're willing to, I really appreciate you saying it, everybody, I think this is important to hear, is it's the baby steps. So it's not that you have to figure everything out. You went to your color wheel, you picked yeah. three colors. So yeah. you're like, okay, this takes this thinking out of it. I'm working with three colors. These are the three colors I'm working with. Okay. So now if I don't have them, now I have to recreate them. So I know how to do that. So, but yeah. it's not starting from a blank canvas. It's not starting from like zero. Um, yeah. And I think that's really important for people to hear. And no matter what they do is, yeah. is to have the basics. You don't have to create everything on your own, take the basics and then grow it from there. And it's just so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So much. And the word that you said that I heard you say was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And I, I'm waiting for the day where when I sit here and think, yay, I'm going to create tomorrow. I'll be, I'll think it's fun now because I still have this block. Like I have to work through that block every single time. And for me, it's not a block of, you know, creating a masterpiece because my creativity coach and I focused on process over product, which was super helpful for me. Yeah. Um, but it's like, this is the old stories. If I don't have any ideas, I have like Pinterest board millions of ideas. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't have the time lie, right? You need 15 minutes. Like you don't have to have huge blocks. So I still have to do like all this mindset stuff to actually get a piece done, but I'm committed to doing it. And then once I get in the flow, I'm good. I can get lost there for hours. It's just all these objections leading up to it. Like, is this normal? Like, is this a normal thing that artists battle? Cause I'm waiting yes. for it not to be my normal. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is kind of a constant battle going on and it's societal and it's, you know, our own shit and it's our own, it's, it's everything because creating is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. People are seeing you mm -hmm. when you're really doing it. So there's, you know, there's that part where it's like, okay, I'm going to create. And then you create something, but you know, within you, people might resonate with it. That's the outward thing. Your people are like, oh, that's so, that, that's so pretty, or that really worked for me, but does it work for you? It, it feels different as the artist. If you're going to really dive in and be vulnerable and put it out there, not everybody's going to like it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of things. There's a lot of mental games that go on with that. Am I yeah. worthy enough? Do I have enough to say? Do I, am I, 
just all that kind of stuff. You know, I think being a messaging and marketing coach or consultant, I've worked through so much of that, but this is what I have to help my clients do, right? Is they're like, oh my God, what if nobody answers? Well, nobody answers. How many times have I put something out? Nobody's answered. Nobody's signed up, right? Um, so it's interesting that I, I'm struggling with this on the art side. My clients are struggling with it on the content side. And on the content side, I'm just like prolific. I put all kinds of stuff out. And this is why we don't have a problem with clients. Mm -hmm. I wonder what my art life would look like if I just put all kinds of stuff out and didn't care. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know what, let's talk about this. Let's get into, because I know this is a big thing for people and you've been on a journey to, I get, I guess, give us just, we're going to dive in and talk about it, but have you always been in marketing? No, I used to be a teacher. Tell us now, a little bit about that, what you taught. Yeah. So I taught eighth grade in Spanish Harlem, reading and writing. Um, but when I look back on it, and I was a teacher for 15 years, and I was also a professor at Brooklyn College um, before I started this business. When I look back on it now, right, like hindsight, I would say, like, we have to have that reflective practice. Um, teaching in Spanish Harlem, eighth graders who had a lot of other things going on other than what I needed to teach them taught me about messaging and marketing. Mm, yeah. Because I realized very early on, if I didn't learn to tell a good story, if I didn't learn to get them on board with whatever we were doing, right, yes. making them the hero, <laughs> um, I was going to walk out of there, be draggled every single day because they could run circles in me. And I had 30 to 40 people in a class, right? <laughs> so good Lord, I learned a lot about capturing attention, creating a story, being engaging, creating lesson plans that they got lost in, right? This is why even in my trainings, people all over the world sign up for marketing trainings. You're not sitting there watching a PowerPoint by any means. You're getting a workshop and a worksheet and we're working through it together. Right. Yeah. But that has been the biggest thing from my teaching that I've carried over to this business that I think has made us have the success we have that. And we actually care about people. <laughs> Let's not forget that part. Right. Like people first <laughs> relationships first. Um, that just made me laugh. Sorry. Like an outside, like, <laughs> We actually care about people. You're not yeah. just a number. You're not just, we're not just hoarding you to be like, come join. And then we don't give a crap Absolutely. about you. We care so much about our people and they know it and they know it before they buy. And I think that's why they buy when they're ready to buy. <laughs> we yeah. care about our people and we care about their success. And we, we know that the people we work with coaches, consultants, and experts, they have a gift and our gifts change the world. And so, um, yeah, that's what I did before marketing and messaging 12 years ago. And yes, uh, everything that you said with, with what you did is what you do. I mean, you don't lose these parts of everything that we do leads into something else, even though you might not see the direct correlation it, mm -hmm. it is. It builds the skills. And like you said, I mean, I completely understand the whole thing with capturing the attention, being engaging, telling a good story. I, in the art room, it'd be like, I have about two minutes mm -hmm. and really one minute. It's yeah. like to get the attention, to then want them to listen more, to then be engaged. It, it's yeah. kind of like, it's really a short period of time. Um, and it's really with adults too, but they're Adults may not be throwing crayons. <laughs> kids, yeah. kids could. Um, so it's it really is that carryover. So so beautiful and so important. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about this organic marketing and what that is. People hear the term, most people get it, but I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. So organic marketing is marketing that you have not paid for. So you're not buying ads, you're not buying email lists, you're not, you know, you're not buying 
people's information or using ads to get their information. Um, and I didn't know, you know, when you're inside the jar and you can't see your own label. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know because I, I didn't know that people actually can't get their marketing working like that to me, just, I just didn't understand it until a mentor is like, mm, do you know that this is like most people like mm-hmm. this is your gift. Like that was Shannon. This is your gift. Like you, you can call yourself a business coach. I think you need to go to marketing strategists. I think you need to go to messaging strategists because there's a million business coaches and their shit ain't working either. They're marketing, right? You, you've got a gift. So it took somebody being on the outside of my drawer to read my label. <laughs> yes. Um, which is why we need mentors and coaches and people that can see what we don't see in ourselves. Cause we're so close to it. Um, so my gift to the world is messaging that is clear. Your people know what you offer. They know what to expect when they join your program or your retreat or your class or whatever that is, because people aren't going to buy until then. Right. So specificity and clarity and messaging is huge. And then once you get your messaging, you need a good marketing strategy that's fun. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. Right. In fact, we built an entire global brand on the mantra. If it ain't joyful, we ain't doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so organic is organic social, sending emails, showing up and knowing how to follow up. It's very relationship driven marketing. It's that messaging that's so rooted in truth and clarity. And, you know, what we said at the top of the hour is just truth and vulnerability that people are like, wow, that is a real human on the other side of that thing, that post, that email. Um, And I either like her or him, or I don't, (laughs) either one's fine. So you got to be able to have both for your marketing and your messaging to be working. So how do we put out words and ideas and communication that turns into clients? That's organic marketing. So something that I saw on your website, which I love, where it said, just caught my attention right away, is creating content killing the joy of being a business owner. So this is everything that we're talking about. This is this is what you do because... Mm-hmm. Generally, people, if they're starting a business, are passionate about what they do. But it's that whole piece of, okay, content. Content. Yeah. And I like to tell people, sometimes I don't like to hear it, but I will say it because it's the truth. Um, No matter if you're an art coach, a speaker on trauma, I don't care. You can tell me whatever it is you want to tell me. You better be a marketer first if you want to have clients to work with. And there's a lot of people who will fight me on that. And that's fine. Those aren't my people. My people are the people who understand what you say and do in your content is going to drive sales. And so when you work on your content through a lens of joy, (laughs) through a lens of better, not more, that's huge, right? Mm through a lens of specificity so people can see themselves in your content or not, that's when your business will grow. And it was so eye-opening to me when this person said, people don't understand this. I I didn't get it because I, somehow it's my gift. I got it, right? I got it. It didn't matter if I was in the classroom. I got it. If I was in the college professor, I got it. As a business owner, I got it, but I was too close to it. And super grateful for the mentors who remind me this, this is not natural to 99% of the people. They need you. That's what keeps me going every day. It's so funny. Cause when, when we're good at something, that's the whole thing is we're like, well, isn't everybody that's so simple. Absolutely. Everybody can do that. What's the big deal. What's the big deal. And then it does take other people to be like, um, not everybody else can do that. Yeah. And shut the hell up <laughs> and either use your gift mm-hmm. for good, if that's what mm-hmm. resonates with you, or just understand that you're good at it. Yeah. And then the other thing, you know, the 
nearly a million dollars. That's been an interesting journey because once again, just last year, when we hit nearly a million dollars, it took a mentor to say to me, you realize this isn't normal, right? I'm like, what do you mean? It's not normal. Mm-hmm. She's like, most people can't even make like 30 to 40,000 a year in their business. You're doing double that in a month. And I was like, that's not normal. So I've put these blinders on, but I've done it on purpose, right? Cause I don't mm. want to know what everyone else is doing and telling everyone they should be doing. I only know, like, I can't get distracted. I know what I'm here to do. Yes. And because I chose choose to put on blinders and stay in my lane and show up and serve my people and put my message out, not get concerned with all the things. It does take mentors to say to me, Hey, you know, this is not normal. Like maybe you should talk about this. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, just what you said is I know what I'm here to do. Yeah. Not everybody knows what they're here to do. Yep. So, and it's a gift. It's a gift. If you don't know what you're here to do, I suggest everyone pause and figure that part out. Because once you figure that part out, the rest will be easy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say no problems. I said easy or I should have said easier, right? So in March, what's interesting is you may have read this post, um, Hollis, but how do you end 2023? I mean, 2022 at nearly a million dollars. And in March, I was on LinkedIn looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wrote a post about that. That was a very good post because it was very relatable. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't that I had spent all my money because I don't, that's not me. I had a, plenty of money. I we're very profitable. We don't spend money on ads. I got a very small team of four people. The money was in the bank, but it was the purpose. I would, I, so just a little backstory for everyone as a messaging and marketing strategist, chat GPT hit the scene big time in Q1, Mm. quarter one of 2023. And everyone was distracted. And it was hard to sell messaging because chat GPT could just do it for you. Well, people have now learned you fast forward. We're now in October recording this. People have learned it ain't a magic pill and it's not authentic because it's like crowdsourcing everyone else's voice. It's not what it was cracked up to be, but I, I didn't have the energy to fight the battle of, you know, doing the education. So I had to just let the newness die off and kind of slow my role a little in business, but it was hard and I lost my purpose because I wasn't teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that to say, if you can't answer, I'm here to do this. It's my gift to the world. Everything gets hard, including three months after our biggest year in revenue, I was looking for a job. And it wasn't because I was out of money. It's because I was out of purpose. I, I had forgotten what my purpose was. And the more I looked at jobs, the more I realized I don't want to do any of this shit. Like (laughs) there's nothing here that I want to do. The only thing I might've considered is working in a floral shop (laughs) just for fun. (laughs) Um, But that probably wouldn't have lasted very long. Like it was a temporary band-aid, right? Like Mm, flowers don't talk to you. You don't got to think too much. And I can arrange pretty things with that are colorful. (laughs) About really nourishing. <laughs> these these words are popping out at me. So first, again, thank you for that. It, it's forgetting you were lost, feeling lost because of the purpose. And this is so often what people go through. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, you hearing this, it's kind of that's where we feel the anxiety, the sadness, the depression, because we lose our purpose. So here, and I really appreciate you saying that it wasn't about the money. It, mm-hmm. In this case, you had the money. Yeah. But it's it's that whole thing of you hear money doesn't buy happiness and all of this. Like, 
in this, I see that direct correlation It because it, it wasn't about the money. It was about wanting something to fill you up. Absolutely. And um, here we were on the societal thing. Everybody was like the distraction. Another word, people were distracted. And then you're tired. You don't want to have the energy to fight the battle. So it's picking and choosing your battles. Yep. And you, Absolutely. I guess you knew it was going to come around. Well, there were times I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'd lay in bed or go for the 10th walk for the day. Cause what else did I have to do? And I was just like, something's got to give, you know, part of me was like, something's got to give eventually. Like people are going to come back to their senses and realize this isn't just, you can't just use words that are regurgitated by an AI tool mm-hmm. and think it's going to like change your business. <laughs> the other part of me was like, God, if, Cause we still hear it. If this is only the beginning, will I have a career? Right. Will I have a job? So there was that. Now I can say now, thank God we're recording this today. Yeah. Um, yesterday we had, we closed $40,000 in sales from a workshop on messaging. Good job. Yeah. Right. And I woke up this morning and I said to my spouse, Maria, I said, I'm so grateful. I didn't quit in March. Mm. And it's not because of the money. Like it wasn't, it, there was time this business was about the money. Cause it's cause I didn't have money. Mm. Now it's not about the money. It's about the reach and the impact and how many people I know coming through that door that said yes to us yesterday after that workshop, how many people say, I can't wait to get my messaging and marketing working. Mm. Right. So Oh, so glad I didn't give up. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't give up. And it's the ebbs and the flows and and really understanding that they exist and it's real and everybody, it's a journey. Like this is a life journey. Um, it's not always perfect. It's not always, we make mistakes. We, lots of stuff happens along the way. So um this is the real conversations and where I see it, it's about connection. So when people speak, as you're saying, one of the words that you use on um, in your messaging and on your website and everything is to revolutionize. Mm-hmm. Um, in revolutionizing marketing in making something new and really in, in this values and your personality, what is your personality? Again, the, the the authenticity, like all of this, it just all goes back to who are you? Yeah. Who are you? And on a very quick note, it's kind of like I had a situation where I was doing a lesson and I was back in the classroom and I was nervous because they said there could be 35 people in there and they're looking at me and I'm like, what the hell are you worried about? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is fun. I'm like, have fun. Yeah. You've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> You're good at it. And stop getting in your head. Like, stop getting in your head. So, of course, it's normal. It's like you think this is a new situation. I don't know what to expect. I don't know who these people are who are going to be in the room. I don't know what their levels are. I don't know, like all these kind of things. But as soon as I stepped into the place, all of that went away. Yeah. It just went away. It was like, I'm here. I'm in my element. And my element can be wherever I want my element to be. But in that space, I was like, I'm here. I'm present. This is good. Mm -hmm. And the lesson was great. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Being in your element, it's important. You don't have to be anyone you don't want to be or think you need to be. It's like you said with the blinders. It's like you chose to put blinders on because that whole comparison thing that we have. Mm -hmm. And man, I can get wrapped up in comparison and I can go to ego if I'm not careful. So my remedy is just don't give my opportunity 
myself the opportunity to go there, put the blinders on. But honestly, sometimes you have to take the blinders off. <laughs> like yes. I've had to talk about a lot of the shady shit that goes on in the online business world because people have been burned. They're scared to invest with us because they've been burned by other people. Yeah. Um, and I get it. So there's times I have to take the blinders off to address what my audience needs to hear to feel safe. But then yes. I put them back on. Right. Right, 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 right. Creating safe spaces. Yes. Yeah. Completely get that. So I can't believe time always, we could talk for hours and hours. So let's get to the second question, which you you shared some, but we're going to kind of like put this together. You you shared some of this already, but for you, how do you feel like, how can you add to how you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Mm. So I have a practice called coffee and doodles which is super fun. Mm. Five minutes, I pick up a pen, I go to a blank piece of paper. And as I have coffee, I just let the pen move around. And then who cares? Sometimes I paint over it. Sometimes I see, oh, that's a dog. And I turn it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a friend that calls this sacred scribbles. I love that. Super fun. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, I've also been playing with the idea for my own creative practice. I actually just wrote about this in my journal is um, Wednesday afternoons. I am tired. Like it's just a, it's, it's my body's rhythm. What if I starting in the new year, you know, when I do my calendar check-in like I only work till noon on Wednesdays and then noon to three was like studio time. Right. So I'm really looking at just as I am able to do all the things that I love to do when I get it on my calendar, why is my creativity and studio time block not on my calendar? I think it's a simple thing to solve. Yes. (laughs) For me, it's a simple thing because I do what's ever on my calendar. I honor my calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Some people I know they can schedule all this stuff and then look at their calendar and be like, I'm not doing any of this shit. Yeah. I don't have that problem. So for me, an easy fix for more creativity time is put it on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also started um, looking at getting out of my house and out back into the community and taking some art classes. Um, you know, in they don't need to be full-blown things, but like there's a sketching class I'm interested in. There's a... Um, she does expressive arts in the parks and she's going to be doing it through in central park through November and December. So I've contacted her. Um, but I really want to be with community. I think uh, creating art with community is an important part of my process. Um, and I'm, I'm missing that. And I've never actually had it. I mean, the last time I created art in community was fifth grade when I had the horrible experience. Right. So it's like, I'm ready to, kind of be re- reintroduced to that. I, I, there's some teachers that I've been following on Instagram that I am thinking that I'd go to a retreat and meet people mm-hmm. and be able to take, be taken care of. Like I love hosting retreats, but I also need to be at my own at retreats for myself. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need a business retreat. So creativity feels like it's the, the right way to go for me. All of those. Oh my gosh. First of all, the doodling. I, Yes, that is such an easy way to incorporate it back into your life. I have a workshop called The Power of the Doodle, and it just really is. Everybody, there's there's a world beyond the vertical and the horizontal line. There, There is so much, and just kind of freeing your brain. Everything that you said is, uh, again, this is you, because you mentioned at the beginning about community, Mm. and it's we are who we are and it it bleeds through us in all of these ways. And this can, all of these, like, if you allow yourself to explore, if you allow yourself to be express yourself authentically, then you expand. Yeah. And I think to tie the business, uh, in this case, I'll call it business tithing. That's what I call my practice of taking a certain percent of my revenue and giving it to a organization. Mm -hmm. I have been looking at local organizations for arts to really, you know, 
I can just write a check, but for me, it's about building a relationship, doing some volunteering, getting to on the board. Like there's something there for me about giving in 2024, my, my business tithing back into community centers for arts or theater or something. So I'm exploring that, um, option, but I want to have the option to also be, have it local so I can be grassroots hands on the ground, knowing the people. Yes. And it's a little overwhelming to do those searches and, you know, there's a lot and there's a lot that goes into the search. So I'm hoping I have some clarity on that by January. That would be nice. <laughs> I mean, it's so, I keep using the word beautiful, but it, it really is. It's, and everybody to understand this whole concept of giving back, remember to, in giving back this business tithing, who do you want to support? Who do you want to be connected to? Um, because we could just give and say, okay, here, yeah, yeah, have fun, good luck. But again, being heart-centered, being a heart-centered individual, yeah, this is is doing this in a different way. So, and also, please tell people a little bit more about your book because you're a oh. writer. <laughs> you're a writer. You're an author. Yeah. So I published a book in April called Practical Joy: Simple Tools to Cultivate More Joy Every Day. And I say that joy is my legacy work, right? Joy is the what's going to live beyond me, beyond the marketing, behind the messaging. It's the work of did, did every space I show up in, including this podcast recording, are people leaving more joyful than when they than when they started the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So this book is about my own journey through joy. Um a lot of those lessons that are in the book and it's a y'all it's a it's a beautiful full color book it's a workbook and a color book and a journaling like i really needed a book that was called practical joy to be joyful when people picked it up like that was so intentional for me mm -hmm. um but it's through my journeys of deep grief that i found practices that brought me joy, even during the grief, right? So this isn't about spiritual bypassing all the things to get to joy. This is about tried and true. You know, how did I find joy when my spouse transitioned from my husband to my wife? Like that was a rough few years and I had to do a deep dive. How did I find joy after my mother had a stroke and now has um, probably Alzheimer's? Like we're dealing with that as a family, right? How do I find joy when my business is like totally in the dumps and I don't know what my purpose is? So it's a beautiful book of practices that are practical to really help people spark, re-spark or find their joy again. Hmm. And it's a hands-on. It's like you said, going back to the classroom, it's, yeah. it, it's hands-on. They're not just reading. They're not just listening to the stories, they are diving in, they are part of this, mm -hmm. and they are finding out more about themselves truly through these hands-on interactive experiences while with your guidance. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredibly powerful. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, the third and final question which kind of wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on it is why do you think creativity is important? Um, for myself, it gives my brain a rest. <laughs> I'm a thinker. I'm a strategist. I'm an analyzer. I can see when you tell me Hollis, what your vision is, I can put the whole thing together for you in about 20 minutes flat. <laughs> And creativity for me allows me to not use that side of my brain and just let the color get on the page. Like, I think this is why I so much don't want to be tied to a product. And I just like the process because I can get lost in making circles for hours, like seriously, or doodling, like it doesn't matter. It's just, 
if I, it allows my brain to relax. I think that's my best answer. Mm. That is, I completely hear you on that. And then on the other end, when you said you're a thinker and a strategist, I will also tell people that is a creative aspect too, because you're problem solving. Yes. And you're problem solving and you're creating. So there's kind of that duality of, of the freedom of the flow and the just kind of going with it and, and seeing what happens and the exploration. But then the other side, which is the problem solving and the organizing and the, all of that takes a creative brain as well, in my mind. Um, And I think that's freeing for people to understand that because a lot of people just think, well, so much in what we've talked about, well, I'm just doing my job. It's like, Mm -hmm. but not everybody can do that. Yeah. Like if you're good at sales, you're a good listener. Mm-hmm. And if you're and good at, at hearing what's not said. Yes. Yeah. So you're reading in between the lines mm-hmm. and you're able to put that all together. You're able to look at body language. You're able to something that I didn't even really know when my son was going up to knock doors for a roofing company. He was like, you don't put your hands in your pocket. People don't trust people with their hands in their pocket. Yeah. And I was like, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's like, what are you hiding? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. We could talk for five yeah. minutes on this. We could, there is so much, everybody, that we just covered in this in this. A little bit less than an hour. It's insane. Oh my gosh. So to continue the conversation, everybody, you need to meet Shannon. Shannon, how can people connect with you? Oh, you can find me at joyfulbusinessrevolution.com. If you're interested in the marketing and the messaging aspect of business, that's the best place. If you want to check out the book, I've got a fun joy scavenger hunt for you over at practicaljoybook.com. You can look at behind the scenes stuff of the book, how I created the book. Like I dived into some videos of talking about my creative process throughout the journey. It's a beautiful, beautiful, joyful website to spend mm. some time on. So before we close out, is there anything top of mind, anything you feel like you forgot that you want to add before we say goodbye? Um, I just want everyone to know joy is an inside job. Mm. Joy is a practice. It doesn't come naturally. And just like yoga, meditation, anything that's a practice, you need to practice it. (laughs) You actually want it. (laughs) And then thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this hour and um, sharing all of all of your all of your beauty, all of your insight for sharing you. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I believe these conversations have always been important, but now I think that they are more important than ever. Please like, follow, share, spread the goodness because people really need to hear these messages in order to be able to see themselves in them in order to be able to hear these people's stories, in order to be able to expand their thinking. It is so important to really understand that creativity is life and everybody has creativity within them. To find out more about what we offer, go to IamCreativePhilly.com and you will see that there are services from publishing, multi-author and solo books, kits, workshops, and retreats to creativity one-on-one coaching. So if you are ready to unleash your voice, break through your blocks, and confidently share your story, I cannot wait to help you birth your ideas into the world.